What's up, everyone, and welcome back to Season 1 of Cinematic Reviews. As always, I'm your host, Chris, and today I'll be talking about every Marvel show on Disney Plus so far. Up first is WandaVision. WandaVision was Marvel's first show to hit Disney Plus and consisted of nine episodes that premiered on January 15, 2021. It follows Wanda Maximoff building a life of vision in a small town called Westview after the events of Endgame. Each episode was set in a different decade starting with the 1950s. This was an awesome idea for a show. Every episode pays homage to a popular show of that decade. It's like traveling through time with your TV. From the Dick Van Dyke show to Full House to Malcolm in the Middle. This show was written to attract every generation of viewers, which I think is surprisingly genius even for Marvel. I had a blast theorizing each week on where the show was going next. Mephisto was the number one theorized villain for the show. Every week, viewers were positive that he would be revealed as a villain. Spoiler, he wasn't. The villain ended up being Agatha Harkness, played by the incredible Catherine Hahn. She's always a delight to watch on screen, and bravo to Marvel for casting her in this role. Except for her killing Sparky. We will never forgive you for that, Catherine. Another popular theory through the weeks was who would be the Aerosmith engineer. Turns out it wasn't anybody that special. This was a huge missed opportunity by Marvel, and one of the few negatives I have of the show. It ended up being a random engineer instead of someone like Reed Richards of the Fantastic Four. An even bigger negative I have of the show is the Quicksilver Ralph Boner twist in the finale. Marvel by surprise got Evan Peters to come over from the Fox X-Men universe to reprise his fan favorite role as Quicksilver. It was an awesome cameo that blew the audience's mind, even myself. Having him turn out to be Ralph Boner was a disappointment and not necessary. Other great cameos included Agent Wu from Ant-Man and the Wasp, Darcy Lewis from the first two Thor movies, and Paul Bettany himself as White Vision. Apparently that was the secret cameo teased about in his interviews. One of the coolest parts of the show was the reveal of Wanda's Scarlet Witch costume. Especially the shot of her flying away from Westfield wearing the hood. The design of it is so cool and it gets me really hyped for the future of the character. Another awesome moment was seeing Monica Rambeau, who we now know is Little Monica from Captain Marvel. When she came back from the blip, that was such a visual treat to see on what it would be like to come back from a major event like that. Introducing the twins, Billy and Tommy, was also awesome. It helped bring in the younger fans of the Marvel Universe in order to strengthen that audience. The post credit scene in one of the best in, is one of the best in the MCU, with Wanda projecting her spiritual body in order to find the twins after the hex collapsed. The last thing we hear are the twins crying out to Wanda. It's a great way to build hype for Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. WandaVision is one of my favorite Disney Plus shows, but it also is one of my favorite Marvel projects as well. Next up is The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. The Falcon and the Winter Soldier consisted of six episodes that premiered on March 19th, 2021. It explores Sam Wilson's relationship with Bucky Barnes six months after being handed the shield from Steve Rogers. The series experienced many setbacks due to the COVID-19 pandemic, such as extensive rewrites and a temporary halt to production. Originally, the show was to center around a virus being released upon the world, but out of respect, the writers went back and changed it to focus on border conflicts caused by the blip. This series to me only holds up because of two key factors, the buddy cop vibe of the show and bringing back Zemo from Civil War as a main character. The relationship between Sam and Bucky is very entertaining and heartfelt. Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan have great chemistry both on and off screen. Whether some arguing, making fun of each other, or having a heart-to-heart -heart moment, it continuously draws the viewer in. You feel what both Sam and Bucky are struggling with. The beauty of these Disney Plus shows is that it gives fans more time with side characters that had a smaller role in the movies. 
Bringing back Zemo was a Turkish delight. He brought a fun, but also dark tone to the series. From him shooting the doctor making the super soldier serum, to his famous club dance in Majapur, Zemo is a great anti-hero in this universe. Plot-wise, this show was a bit of a letdown to me. Harley Morgenthau and the Flag Smashers were underwhelming and not really all that compelling as a villain. The show definitely took a hit with the rewrites. I think the virus concept would have been very interesting and a lot stronger plot-wise. It would have created a race against time atmosphere that would have kept the viewers more engaged throughout the series. Riot Russell's John Walker was an interesting character to introduce also. Fans, including myself, got very upset seeing him come out as the new Captain America. The writers were going for this reaction, and they definitely nailed it. However, John Walker going psycho and then immediately doing a 180 the very next episode didn't make any sense. This show would have benefited from a couple more episodes to flesh out a couple things and give characters more screen time. With all the negatives I have, I still enjoyed this series a lot. The cameos were awesome. Sharon Carter coming back was a surprise, even though her arc towards the end didn't make much sense to me. Don Cheeto's roadie making an appearance in the first episode was perfect, especially with his show Armor Wars coming out soon. Julia Louise Drivis as Dave Fontaine was also a great surprise. Her scenes fell out of place and for good reason. With the Black Widow movie constantly being pushed back, she would have been introduced to us a lot sooner. The Dora Milaje showing up was a huge get hype moment, especially their fight with John Walker. Overall, this series would be towards the bottom of the list, and it sucks because I'm excited for Sam Wilson taking over the mantle from Steve. The scenes of the finale where his suit is revealed were awesome. The choreography of the rings and the shield were brilliant. Next up is Loki. Tom Hiddleston returns as fan favorite Loki. The Loki series also consists of six episodes and premiered on June 9th, 2021. This was another project that was halted for a brief time due to the COVID-19 pandemic. The series follows Loki's adventures after stealing a Tesseract in Avengers Endgame. We're introduced to the Time Variance Authority, or the TVA as it's referred to. This was a terrific plot device to expand the Marvel Universe in ways I didn't think us fans were ready for. The concept of the multiverse opens the MCU wide open and is very exciting. I was underwhelmed on my first watch back when it aired on Disney+. Plus. I think this was partly due to my letdown with the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. But after my most recent rewatch, I enjoyed this series a lot more. Loki is such a compelling character and bringing in the concept of variants makes the characters even more compelling. The female Loki variant, Sylvie, is an awesome character to follow. The audience immediately can relate to her struggles with the TVA and ends up rooting for her in the end. Adding Owen Wilson to the Marvel Universe's Mobius was great. He and Loki created a buddy cop vibe similar to Sam and Bucky in Falcon and Winter Soldier, which as you know I think was the saving grace of that series. Wilson took a lot of inspiration from Robin Williams' character in Goodwill Hunting. He wanted to portray a therapist-like figure in order to mentor and push Loki throughout the series. One of the few disappointments of the show was that Mobius never got his jet ski. Hopefully he will in the next season, whenever that comes out. Revealing Jonathan Majors as he who remains in the way they did gave me serious The Wizard of Oz vibes. He played the guy behind the curtain very well. He who remains was a very charismatic yet intelligent character, and I'm excited to see Majors tackle Kang in the next Ant-Man movie. The scene of Loki looking at the Kang statue gave me goosebumps. I can't wait for Quantumanium next year. Just like the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I still enjoyed Loki a lot, even with the few negatives I have. I definitely recommend watching it before No Way Home and in the Multiverse of Madness. It'll help prepare the audience for the craziness of Multiverse, plus it doesn't hurt to know Loki's current path in case he does show up in Doctor Strange 2. The cameos again were awesome. Jamie Alexander coming back as Lady Sith is always a great sight to see. All the Loki variants in the Void were written and casted perfectly, especially classic Loki played by Richard E. Grant. He stole that entire episode with his backstory and eventual sacrifice in order for Loki and Sylvie to escape the Void. 
Overall, this is an awesome series, and I'm excited to see where Loki goes in season two. Next, join me in pondering the question, what if? What If consisted of nine episodes that premiered on August 11th, 2021. It explores various timelines of the multiverse. These moments are reserved by the Watcher, who is voiced by the incredible Jeffrey Wright. As stated numerous times in the series, he can only observe the timelines, not interfere with them. But as we know from the final episode, he breaks that oath in order to save the universe from Ultron. I really enjoyed this series from a writing standpoint and from the animation choice. It is a very unique animated show, yet still taking inspiration from others before it. The final fight with Ultron gave me major Dragon Ball Z vibes. Bringing in a lot of the actors at the MCU to voice their characters was awesome. It gave them the opportunity to take their character in a different direction. Benedict Cumberpatch takes his version of Doctor Strange to another level, with all the struggles and heartbreak he dealt with in trying to save Christine from certain death. I'm even more excited to see Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness after watching that episode. Haley Atwell gets another opportunity to portray Peggy Carter, a.k.a. Captain Carter, and I couldn't be more thrilled. I hope they use her more in both live action and animation. Sadly, this was Chadwick Boseman's last time portraying T'Challa. It was genius making T'Challa the Star-Lord in one of the timelines. He is very charismatic and badass. Other characters I really enjoyed seeing were Toby Jones reprising Zola, Sam Jackson portraying Nick Fury, Michael B. Jordan coming back to play Killmonger, and Paul Rudd playing Ant-Man's head. With being a huge Spider-Man fan, I was disappointed that Marvel couldn't get Tom Holland to voice him in What If. However, I think Hudson Thames, who ended up voicing him, did a great job with portraying Spider-Man. I still felt Tom Holland's Spider-Man through the voice acting. Making one of the episodes zombie themed was also awesome. I really enjoyed the Marvel Zombies comic book run, so seeing it on screen was a treat. The whole plot of Vision feeding zombie Wanda innocent people, such as T'Challa, was fucked up. I never expected Marvel to go down that path due to it being a family-friendly universe. The other episode I was really surprised by was what if the world lost its mightiest heroes. Hank Pym being revealed as a villain out of revenge for Hope dying was incredible and heartbreaking. He is another compelling villain to watch considering his struggles. With him using his shrinking tech, the kills got surprisingly brutal to watch. I really enjoyed this series as a whole, and it's definitely one of my favorites. I'm excited for season two and the zombie spinoff down the road. I hope Anthony Mackie and Haley Steinfeld join the cast of actors in the coming season. They would be great additions to this series, especially Steinfeld's Kate Bishop. Lastly, I'll give my thoughts on Hawkeye. Hawkeye consisted of six episodes that premiered on November 24th, 2021. This series takes place one year after the events of Endgame. It follows Clint Barton partnering up with a young archer and fangirl of Hawkeye, Kate Bishop. The genius of this show was writing it to span exactly six days, each episode covering one day of their Christmas shenanigans. This is my favorite Marvel show so far, and I'm really excited to give my thoughts on it to you guys. The chemistry between Jeremy Renner and Haley Steinfeld is perfect. The back-and-forth banter makes this show so great. Renner plays a great annoyed but caring mentor to Kate Bishop, while Steinfeld does an amazing job at being that cocky, annoying pupil. The writers did an awesome job at utilizing Hawkeye's hearing aid in the right place. It made sense with all the battles he's been in over the years, and it was fun to play with throughout the series. The entire chase scene was even more awesome because of that miscommunication between Clint and Kate due to his hearing problem. The chase ending with the Pym Arrow surprised the hell out of me, and their fight scene in the finale while wearing the matching suits is one of the most hype moments of the show. The choreography and the different trick arrows flying around made that scene so fun for the audience. Another awesome fight scene was the one in the toy shop. That had the best choreography in the show, in my opinion. Kate spinning around the bottom of the pillar in order to try to trip a guy was so cool. The tracksuit mafia was very comic accurate with the outfits and having them say bro to each other. 
They were very fun and silly antagonists to put against Clint and Kate. They were led by Maya, who is such a compelling antagonist. All the scenes with her dad were heartwarming up until his death, which was very devastating. The audience immediately relates to Maya after seeing her struggles in episode three. Introducing a deaf character into the MCU is such a big step for Marvel, and they nailed it. All the American Sign Language scenes fascinated me, so I decided to slowly learn it myself on my free time. I encourage everyone to do the same. The two big cameos in this series were the, were the best ones out of all the Marvel shows so far. Florence Pugh coming back as Yelena was such a treat. She was the best character in the Black Widow movie. Having her show up in the Hawkeye series makes so much sense. She got the confrontation and the eventual resolution with Hawkeye that she deserved. Her intention, her interactions with Kate Bishop was one of the highlights of the show. The mac and cheese scene followed by the fight scene at the Christmas dinner was perfect. I'm really looking forward to them crossing paths again in the MCU. Just like seeing Monica Rambeau come back from the blip in WandaVision, seeing what Elena went through as she was blipped was such a great scene, especially when she finds out that Natasha died. Such a heartbreaking moment. That's the beauty of this series. It gives the audience a roller coaster of emotions filled with funny and gut-punching moments. The other awesome cameo was D'Onofrio reprising his kingpin role from the Netflix series Daredevil. As a huge fan of the Daredevil series, it was really cool seeing D'Onofrio come back as that character. A lot of people had issues with the way they used him, and I understand those issues. It's hard seeing a beloved character that is very violent and ruthless in one show, and then watering him down a bit to fit into another. This wasn't an issue with me because I expected that to happen after realizing he was Maya's uncle in Episode 3. The Kingpin in Daredevil does not fit in the universe that Marvel has built over the years. I'm assuming he's the same character story-wise, but the writers tweaking a couple things in order to fit him into the family-friendly universe that is the MCU, I think they did a really good job at it. One of the very few issues I had with the Hawkeye series was the suit reveal. All the promotional posters ahead of the premiere spoiled this new suit. It didn't have the same impact that Wanda's and Sam Wilson's suits had in their shows. The suits were awesome from a design point, though. I hope Clint and Kate keep those suits or something similar to that in the future. Another issue I had was that the finale did feel kind of rushed. It seems like this is a constant issue with these Marvel shows. This finale, to me, was probably the best one, though. Having Clint fight Elena, Kate going up against Kingpin, and the whole ice ring scene with all the trick arrows made the finale so great. So to end this episode, I'll give my rankings of all these shows. At number five, I have The Falcon and The Winter Soldier. To me, the rewrites are what hold this show back as being one of the greater ones. At number four, What If... This felt more of a side story than a continuation in the universe overall. And number three, Loki. This series made me very excited for the multiverse, especially in Spider-Man and Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness. And number two, WandaVision. Just like Loki, this also made me very excited for the character of Wanda and for her to pop up in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. And at number one, Hawkeye. Kate Bishop is one of my favorite characters, and this was overall such an enjoyable show to watch. You can find the rest of my MCU rankings and where these shows fit into it on Leatherbox under Cinematic Reviews. Join me next Friday where I will kick off my three-episode series of Spider-Man. The first episode will cover Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man trilogy, then I'll jump into Andrew Garfield's two amazing Spider-Man movies, and finishing up with Tom Holland's MCU trilogy. And as always, tune in to New Release Mondays every week.